I started thinking to myself, like, you've always enjoyed reading. Like, as a child, my mom used to call me, like, professor, because she was like, oh, you're, you always have your nose in a book kind of thing. So I was just kind of like, Hi everyone, thanks for checking into the Grad Girl Wellness Podcast, a space designed to inspire and highlight the stories of women of color in graduate school who are prioritizing their overall health and wellness while pursuing higher education. My name is Angela and I'm your host. Let's get started. All right, so hey, how are you doing today? Fine, thank you. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm living for the weekend at this point. <laughs> it's been a long week. <laughs> a long week. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you for being on the show. I'm excited to talk to you and to find out more about your wellness care um, in graduate school. Um, so first question I have for you is if you could please tell us a little bit about yourself, your discipline, and what year you are. Okay. Um, so I'm a PhD student at Northeastern University in Boston. Um, this is my second year. Um, and I am studying, well, I'm getting my PhD in electrical engineering, specifically in wireless communications and systems and applications. Um, trying to figure out ways to co for different technologies to coexist in different um, bands. As of right now, I'm working on coexistence in the 3.5 gigahertz band. And I think it's a really cool area for research. Well, can't really see more than that. <laughs> um, I got my bachelor's degree in electrical engineering from the University of Rochester in Rochester, New York. So upstate, <laughs> it was really cold. <laughs> um, other than that, um, I'm Nigerian, I'm female. Um, I love reading. <laughs> um, I'm also a gym enthusiast. I go to the gym like almost every day. Um, that's pretty much it. Well, that's awesome. And can you tell the people your name so we know who we're talking to or who we're, who we're hearing <laughs> from? <laughs> okay, so I'm Chine, Chine Tassi. Perfect. Thank you for, for letting us know. So you mentioned this a little bit already. You talked about um, reading and going to the gym. And so could you say a little bit more about what your relationship to wellness has been in graduate school? Okay, so um, when I first started in 2019, I didn't really have a plan. I was just going through the motions of what I did in undergrad, which was mostly sleeping. <laughs> so whenever I was stressed, <laughs> I would just sleep sleep through my problems. I would wake up, the problem would still be there, but at least I was rested. That was honestly how I survived undergrad. Um, but getting to grad school, you face a different kind of challenge, like a different set of challenges. Um, and sleeping is not necessarily helpful in any way <laughs> um, when it comes to dealing with them. I already used to go to the gym with my friends in undergrad. That had become a habit for like a year. We used to go to the gym every evening, maybe three, four times a week. So carrying that into grad school was very helpful for me because starting any new habit is really difficult. So I was very grateful for the fact that it was kind of already in my routine to do it. So 
I noticed that, you know, by the time I go to the gym at 9, 10 p.m., and I get home, I'm exhausted. I don't even have time to feel bad for what I didn't do. I just knock out. <laughs> so that was really good because um, once I figured that out, I stopped trying to go earlier because like, why go earlier and then go home and feel bad when I can just go home exhausted and sleep? So it definitely helped my quality of sleep. Um, it definitely helped with work-life balance in the sense that I wasn't working so late because I couldn't. I was too tired when I would get back from the gym. Um, it also helped with stress, like, you know, regardless of how good or bad my day was, once I made it to the gym, I would feel like, oh, I have some sense of control, like, at least I did that one thing. So that was definitely a really nice way to end my day, you know, at least feeling like, oh, you know, I'm not a complete, like, flop. I did, I did something. And of course, like, you know, the science behind exercise, like the endorphins and how you feel afterwards. So, um, going to the gym has always been a part of like my self-care wellness routine. Um, and then last semester was really brutal. Like it was the worst, it was such a tough time. And like my mental health was like in the gutter. I was going through so much, like literally during Christmas break, I went home. I went home to Nigeria, so I'm Nigerian. I went home to Nigeria across the Atlantic and for like the first three days at home, I would still be hearing the noise of teams, like, you know, like the like the notification sound. <laughs> oh, wow. But like my laptop was in America, my laptop was in Boston. So it literally wasn't possible, but I would like be turning around and like, my mom would be like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. But like, I could swear I was hearing the notifications from teams. So like, I was traumatized. <laughs> Um, so that semester was really bad and then um I've always been like a reader as a child so um <clears throat> I took them home and I started reading them at the airport and as the days went by over break I just fell into that routine that was literally all I used to do and it was very soothing it was very calming I started thinking to myself like you've always enjoyed reading like as a child, my mom used to call me like professor because she was like, oh, you always have your nose in a book kind of thing. So I was just kind of like, why did I let this habit die? Because I know when it died, it died in sophomore year. <laughs> because when I started in, when I was in high school, I would read when I could. When I was in college, I would read over summer breaks. And then when I got to sophomore year, I was doing research over the summer and so many different things. I couldn't find the time. So I kept telling myself, oh, when I graduate. And then that summer after undergrad, I didn't read as much. So reading just, you know, it just like disappeared. It wasn't a thing I did anymore. And so when I read those books during Christmas break, I was thinking to myself, you keep saying, oh, you would read when this happens, when that happens. But like, why can't you just read now? because this is something you enjoy, this is something that makes you feel good, this is something that's kind of like an escape from when, you know, life gets tough, when you're dealing with a lot, like you can run to this world of other fictional characters and be so mad at them, like, why would you do that? Or like, oh my god, that was so brave. Like, you know, it's like escapism, you go somewhere else and you're doing something that you actually enjoy. So, um, I then I started following some book clubs, because, you know, trying to like, you know, keep the like keep this new energy alive you know so and I told myself in the new year I was going to read 16 books in 2021 and then um 
what happened? So I bought a couple of books. I bought like three. And the month of January, I read like two. And I was like, oh, wow, like this is going really well. So I then started looking up different people that, you know, were featuring the kind of books I like, because I'm a big fan of like African literature um, or like books by Black authors. But I also try to like diversify my reads. I really like like books that like history, not history, sorry, like mystery, horror, that kind of thing. Um, so I started following people that reviewed books like that. I started following different book clubs that focused on those kind of genres. And that was kind of how I was able to build the list of books I wanted to read. And that has sustained me from the three books I bought in the airport in December. Like now <laughs> I've read, I, I've read seven books so far. And I have like seven more that I haven't read. <laughs> and I have an endless, okay, not endless, but like 20 other books on my list that I hope to read eventually. But I think, you know, given that this is March, I think that's a very okay, time-consuming habit because, you know, it's not just something you do in 20 minutes, but it is something you can do in 20 minutes. Like you can, like I personally block out like an hour no, sorry, not an hour, two to three hours on Saturdays to read so I can, you know, go with the flow of the book. So um, it's definitely be very helpful. Is that, the, is that the only time that you read, that you kind of like save it for the, the weekends or how does that work? So the times that I'm guaranteed to read are definitely on the weekends, you know? So, yeah, I try to incorporate it at least like twice a week, but mostly it's done on the weekends. Awesome. Now, I love this idea that you, you mentioned a little earlier about how flexible reading can be, right? Minutes, or you can do it for two to three hours, right? And it's, mm -hmm. it, it, it's there. And I was thinking, make sure your hair is okay and take a shower and all of that stuff. So it's like a huge commitment versus reading, which is something you can just pick up like when you, mm -hmm. when you can. So I, I love to hear that. Um, you mentioned that you followed a few book clubs. And I was curious if you could share what those were, if you had any favorites. <laughs> Um, okay, so I guess maybe book clubs, but like, what's the wrong term? Maybe more like bookstagrams. Okay. Um, so I follow Smile It's Joy. Yep. Okay, you know Joy. Okay, good. So I follow <laughs> Smile It's Joy because um, she reviews a lot of books by like Black authors. Um, and I really like her reviews. I like her vibe as a person. So I trust her reviews. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the people I follow. Um, for African literature, I follow this account called itan.wa. So she reviews books by um, generally African literature, but more specifically female African authors. Um, so that's also really nice. Um, sometimes when I'm trying to dabble, I like go and peek at what the Reese Book Club is doing, like what are you reading this month kind of thing. Um, but those, I would say, are like my three primary places where I like take a look around and see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that, that's really I, helpful. Mm -hmm. I also got like a reading accountability buddy. So um, how would I say this? So I have a friend who reads, who kind of reads and posts on her like a private story on Snapchat telling us like, oh, this is what she's reading this month. And we don't have to read along with her, but she just like does it, right? And after months of seeing her do it, that's actually what inspired me to start reading her self-care. Cause I was like, she works and she does this and it might take her six weeks to finish a book, but she's reading. <clears throat> so I then decided, you know, okay, I'm gonna try this. 
and then someone reached out to me on Instagram and she was like oh you know like I think we have the same taste in books that kind of thing so we decided to be accountability buddies because I don't like the structure of book clubs in the sense that we all have to read the same thing like what if I don't want to read what you guys are reading this month <laughs> so what we do is that we tell each other the books we hope to read in the month and then we just go and we read them and at the end of the month, we go and we talk, we meet and we talk about the books and we plan for what we're going to read in the next month. So you have that accountability of, oh, I've said I'm going to read this. There's someone that's expecting to hear about this book. So I have to do it. But you have the flexibility of choosing the books you want and also, you know, not being, not feeling like, oh, it's so strict and suffocating. There are all these rules. We don't meet weekly. We just literally meet once a month and it works for both of us. And sometimes, you know, she would read a book that I've been meaning to read, which would like encourage me to read the book sooner. Or we talk about, oh, like I read, everybody raves about this book. I'm like, I can't stand it, <laughs> stuff like that. So it's definitely been, it's definitely been helpful. Mm -hmm. No, I love this idea of an accountability partner. Um, and this is just some random person that I literally have never met her. <laughs> But we're both Nigerian. That's all. She, I think she even lives in England. Like I've literally never met her. I don't know anything about her except her name and that she likes reading and that she's Nigerian. <laughs> I know. You know, my mom would be like, "That's kind of weird." <laughs> but yeah, I really like her. No, that's great. That's great to hear. Um, okay, so now that you, you know, so you said you kind of started this over like holiday break and then the semester started. So my question then is how do you think that having leisure reading in the gym has impacted the way that you go about your schoolwork or the way that you feel um, about your schoolwork? Um, I will say, <clears throat> I will say that, um, I mean, sometimes I guess some people might look at my stories and be like, how does she, like, how does she have 75 minutes to go to the gym? Like she's a PhD student, she's wasting her time. Um, and I guess like those things are just important to me. So I don't see them as like negatively impacting my work. I see them more of like, what would happen if I don't do these things? Like these are my outlets, you know? People do different things for themselves. So um, in your teaser that we spoke about earlier, we're talking about what is grad, what is wellness in grad school to you? Um, wellness in grad school to me is, <clears throat> sorry, wellness in grad school to me is having the opportunities to do things that I want to do, not things I have to do. And that's something I always tell people on my page, like, you know, what are you doing because you want to, not because you have to. My PhD is for me, but it's something I have to do. Like I've signed on to it, so I have to do it. Going to the gym is something I want to do, something I'm doing for myself. Reading is something I'm doing for myself. So I think, um, I don't think it's fair when people say things like, oh, your hobbies like affect your work because they're two very different things. And you know, you don't know how, you have hobbies for a reason, you know, they're an outlet and everything. So I don't think my reading or my going to the gym affects my productivity or, you know, how much I put into my PhD. I mean, if I'm not, if I think about it this way, if I'm not being productive and I'm not working, I might as well use that time to better myself than like binge and watch Netflix, you know, like if I'm having a really bad day and I'm not able to get myself to do the work I need to do, why not go to the gym for an hour? 
at least improve my health than sit on my bed and text for the next hour and a half. So I feel like everything serves its purpose. And as long as I am meeting my personal goals and, um, you know, adhering to like the, like the, you know, time allocated for the different tasks then I don't see it as like detrimental. But I will admit that there's some times where I'm like, you know, I don't feel like, I don't feel like making these slides. I'm just going to read a chapter, but I don't think that's a bad thing. (laughs) Not at all, right? (laughs) Not at all. I loved your answer to that. Um, okay, so cool. I feel like, so now I want to know, what's the best thing you've read so far? I, I need a recommendation. Okay, let me let me pull out my list. I need to look <laughs> at the books, like, you know, you know, when I look at the books, I remember. <laughs> um, okay, let me show you what I've read so far. Um, let's see. Okay. So these are the books I've read this year. Like, but you know, home going, yes. (laughs) So I will say. Homegoing is homegoing is definitely there. Mm-hmm. It's a really great book. Um, I like the the family tree is very helpful to like keep the characters like in check because sometimes I'm like, who's that? Yeah. So definitely very interesting book, and I like the way the ending came together. I think she's a phenomenal writer. So um, for anyone that wants to read something that's kind of like brief, you know, three hundred pages, the book looks kind of small. I think Homegoing is a great place to like start because it has, you know, it has very interesting characters. And because of how it's like a bunch of short stories, it keeps you interested, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's a good it's a good book to read if you're someone that has like fallen off reading and wants to go back. I think it's pretty engaging. Um, and then the other book I really liked was Stay With Me. It's by this Nigerian author called Ayobami Adebayo. It's a great book. I don't know anyone that has read this that doesn't read about it. Oh. Yeah, it's such a great book. It talks about like the relations between a husband and a wife. So the it talks about it, it's a very simple story. So I don't want to talk too much and like spoil what happens, but the gist is betrayal in a relationship. Like when your husband or spouse takes advantage of your innocence, like and builds on that and it's just years and years and years of lies and betrayal and you know in the end you find out and you're just like you're like you're like mind blown you're like this is someone I trusted with like my naivety and it just literally took advantage of me um it touches on a lot of like important topics like um extended family meddling into marriages you know the the lengths people would go through or rather go to to have kids in a marriage um, and just betrayal. There's a lot of betrayal, (laughs) but it's not immediately apparent. You're reading the book and you're like, wow, this guy makes so much sense. Like, oh, they have such a cute marriage. I just wish you would have a kid already. And then you get there and you're like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a bombshell all at once. Um, And I guess the third book that I thought was really interesting 
um, is this book called The Fisherman by Chigozie Obioma. So this is another Nigerian author. Um, as I said, very simple storyline. I'm not really a fan of very complicated, like I just like the story to flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was one of this was one of the fiction, one of the, I don't want to say the first, but you know, when you read fiction, sometimes you just get lost in the story and you don't go away with like any like main like points. You know, you just read the story and like, oh, this was a great story, but there's no like moral lesson. When I finished this, I was like, I was astonished. I was like, wow. It was one of the first fiction books I've read in a while that gave me a very clear, like moral lesson. And I feel like the lesson is what you believe to be true. Like what, like what you believe to be true holds immense power over you, even if it's not the reality. So like in the book, the, some like, so someone that was, someone that was, you know, mentally ill so Nigeria it was someone that was mad so like a madman told them you know he was walking on the street he wasn't like you know in a clinic you know like sometimes you just have people roaming the street and they're mentally ill so um this quote-unquote madman saw a bunch of boys who were all siblings and he prophesied over their lives and the prophecy was that the eldest one will be killed by fishermen right and that was very interesting because first of all who listens to like someone like that when they're talking to you you know but the kids were very naive they listened to the guy um and they walked away at the time the boys were you know without the knowledge of their parents engaging in fishing so they would you know after school go back home quickly change take their fishing stuff around to the lake to fish and for some reason the eldest brother interpreted that as his brothers would kill him and so the story just progresses with him getting like hostile towards his brothers because of that belief. And you know, without, and that just turns into so many different things. And literally that prophecy, which really changed how the eldest brother, really changed what the eldest brother thought to be true. Like he genuinely believed his brothers were out to kill him. And it literally changed the course of their entire lives. And it's interesting because how did he come to that? Like, how did he come to that understanding? from fishermen to his brothers, like how did he make that jump? And to just see like how, what you hold to be true really has power over us. Like, you know, it's easy in your in our own lives, you might be like, oh, like I'm not a morning person, just little subtle things. Mm-hmm. And you might think like, oh yeah, like, you know, it doesn't really matter, but it does. Like what you see to yourself matters, what you believe to be true matters. And sometimes the repercussions of those bad stories you tell yourself do not only affect you it literally like affected his entire family and it was it, like i read it and i was like how like how did this happen like it was just a misinterpretation like how did this all manifest so if you were to ask me my favorite books from this year i would say homegoing is number one stay with me is number two and the fisherman is number three Definitely good reads. I'm all under um, 300 pages for people that like don't really, you know, want to read the 500 page books. <laughs> it's enough, especially for the grad students who are like, I was exactly, like, trying to in and out. <laughs>
Perfect. I feel like I just like I was this was like a bookstagram kind of <laughs> kind of thing going on, a little literary salon. Um so that was that was awesome. Okay, so now I kind of I just want to move us to the lightning round, right? And so this is where you will say the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? Okay. <laughs> All right. So first question. Please provide three words to describe wellness in graduate school. Wellness in graduate school, um, you. So it has to be personalized. You can't do what other people do because they like, oh, this person hikes for wellness. I'm gonna hike too. It needs to be something for yourself. Um, I will say intentionality it has to be intentional um, because sometimes we think self-care is putting on a mask and drinking wine, but like, how does that really edify you? How does that recharge you? You know, so you need to think about things that sometimes wearing a mask and drinking wine would be enough, but you need to be intentional and think about, okay, what do I need right now? Do I need to release feelings? Do I need to feel good? Do I need support? And how can I do that through my self-care? Because depending on your need at the time, your self-care will be different. So definitely being intentional. Um, third word. Hmm. I want to say something like, um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the noun for this phrase. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I'll see like, I think I'm trying to say like schedule it. Okay. Don't just go with the, don't just go with the flow. Like, Yes, some weeks you need more than other times, but try to do it like weekly, you know, have something you look forward to every week, some time for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that, I think that's the third word, but I just don't know the word. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I'll put schedule hyphen it. <laughs> exactly. All right, so what are two invaluable resources that have helped you in your wellness journey? Um, I would say investing in myself. So, and investing in yourself can look different. So investing in yourself can be getting a therapist and having to pay like some out of pocket fees. Investing in yourself could be buying books at Barnes and Nobles, <laughs> like me. Um, investing in yourself could be getting a life coach for like a short time. Um, investing in yourself could be, it could be different things. It could be retail therapy, buying yourself new active wear because you feel like. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say investing in yourself um, is very important. You just need to figure out what that looks like for you and to do it because for something to have value to you, it has to be something that takes something from you, you know? So I don't know how to say that better than I did, but investing in yourself is very important. Um, Sorry, what was the what was the question? So, any <laughs> any specific resources that helped you? So, has it been like I don't know um, the Smile Joy page or Planet Fitness? I don't know. <laughs> Ironically, I do use Planet Fitness. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I would say resources have been investing in myself. So, example, um, at um at the beginning of my sophomore year, I got in contact with the Sassy Scientist. Who runs like uh, Ariana? That's the homie. Yeah, Ariana, exactly. <laughs> um, so that was a really great time. Um, I definitely learned a lot from her in terms of like you know how what you see to yourself, how you plan, how you look at productivity and success. Um, so 
someone might have looked at that and said, why'd you spend all that money doing that? But like, I was investing in myself. It was something I thought I needed to do. So yeah, someone might not understand why I buy $20 books, but like, I do it. The same way I do not, the same way I might not understand why someone, you know, I don't know, does some, gets massages, for example, you know, that's like kind of a splurge. So just generally investing in yourself. Um, and I would say another thing, another resource that helped me was definitely the community on Instagram. <clears throat> so um, a PhD, a PhD, pursuing a PhD can be an isolating experience because it's very different from typical grad school, like getting a master's. Um, and there, there are so few people doing it. Maybe many of your friends, people that are really important to you in your life, haven't done it or they're not doing it. So like, they can only understand so much. And you don't want to seem like you're always complaining about school. Like they call you and it's like, oh my God, like my life sucks. Like it's kind of like, don't be the Debbie Downer. Like don't bring down the vibes, you know? So I would definitely say that having that community of people on Instagram who are going through the same thing as you, um, it's definitely very helpful because you get to see different perspectives, you get to take, get like advice on how to do different things. Um, when people are transparent and real, you get to see that you're not the only one having a bad day. Like this is across the board. So I feel like that sense of that community is definitely very, was has been very helpful for me. I have made friends there, people that, I've never met, but we talk about some very like important things. Um, and I feel like everybody pursuing a PhD that has access to like social media should definitely reach out to people that are on the same journey because like when I got into my PhD program, I didn't know any other black woman pursuing a PhD. Not because there weren't any, but because like I didn't care, to, I didn't care to look. Like I'm sure there were people at my undergrad. I was an R1, at an R one institution, so I'm sure there were female ladies pursuing PhDs there. But I just never looked. Then I came on Instagram and I found Team Corey. Mm-hmm. I love her, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> I want to meet her so bad. <laughs> like it was just like I was in some, I was in awe. Mm-hmm. It was, I was just like, wow. I was like blown. Like my mind was like, I remember telling my mom, I was like, I found this lady on Instagram. I was like, I was just like raving about her. My mom was like, oh, how do you know her? And I was like, Instagram. My mom was like, so you've never met her? I was like, no. She's like, she was so confused. <laughs> but like, so yes, yeah, so I think the community is very invaluable because you you get you get perspectives, you get advice, you get that solidarity. Um and you know, you don't feel like you have to over-explain yourself. Like once you say something, they like they understand why you might be afraid to email your advisor. They understand why it might be tough for you to not work on weekends. They understand why it's why you know eight credit loads is still pretty tough, even though it's just eight credit hours because you're doing so many other things. Things that. Okay, so the last question was about like one piece of advice you would give to listeners, but I feel like you've been dropping gems <laughs> all your time. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to switch it up a little bit and I'm going to ask you, what is one book that you are looking forward to reading this year? No, if, don't do that to me. Or, or, or just tell me what the next one is. We'll do it that way. <laughs> oh, don't do that. <laughs> um, the next book, the next book, the next book. Um... Wow, that's a tough one. Um, 
the next book I'm going to read is The Death of Vivek Oji by, let me get their name, um, by Akwa Eke Emezi. I've heard that they're a phenomenal writer, but I've never read any of their work, so I don't, I can't really say, but I've heard only great things. Um, it's definitely a very interesting storyline. It's about, um, I might be wrong, but I think it's about like a guy who was kind of like um, living, I don't want to say living like a double life, but he was gay and his parents didn't know and then he died. And that was kind of like his parents trying to figure out how he died and finding out all these things about him and feeling like they didn't really know their child. I believe that's the synopsis. Um, so I think I'm excited to read that because I've never read any of their work. So I think it's going to be definitely going to be interesting because I've heard really great things about the way they write. And then also the storyline, you know, um, I feel that, you know, being someone who grew up with parents or like grew up in like grew up in Nigeria, there's a lot, there's a lot of culture. Sometimes it feels like you're living a double life in the sense that, oh, you do certain things your parents don't really know. So it's interesting to um, read this and see what, how the parents feel finding out all the things that he did in his life and how all of that contributed or like led to his death. So um, I'm, it's definitely a different, a different kind of storyline. I've never read anything like this before. So I'm excited for that. And I've heard great things about the way Amazie writes. So, and it's gonna be a good one, but yeah that's next <laughs> awesome no i'm excited and i will be following you to see you know if you have any reviews for it afterwards um so with that um we're gonna we're gonna close out but if other people want to know how the book turns out where can <laughs> we find you online <laughs> okay um so my um instagram page is at phd dot w chin so at phd with chin and if you're interested about like the books I read, I have a read section in my highlights. So I don't really talk about the books on my feed because I feel like that's not what people came there for. They came for like more PhD content. But like when I read a good book, I tell them. <laughs> but um, generally I keep it in the stories. Um, so um, if you want to know how the how the books, the other seven books I read have been or how the books I will read will be, definitely check out my reads highlight. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I will be there checking that out. Um, thank you so much for being here and uh, good luck on the rest of the year and your reading list. Thank you. Thank you. You too. That's all I have for you on this episode. I hope that you heard something that inspires you along your wellness journey. And if so, share it with a friend. Until next time, take care.